0: You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenchurch.com. So
1: I'll jump right in. Um, have you ever had someone... Ask a question and, and you answer them, saying, "Well, it, it, it's kind of hard to describe. Yeah. Like, it's kind of hard to describe. Yeah. You know, they're asking about an experience, and you and you answer, it's what's kind of hard to ex- describe.' Yeah. I think there's a lot of things in life that are that are like that. That are kind of hard to describe unless you do them or experience them. One of them, um, you know, things like say bungee jumping. Like, yeah. like that's kind of hard to describe unless you've been bungee jumping. You know, I, I haven't, so I don't know really what it's like, but I can imagine. Right. Um, or like Escargo, You know, you, like you probably don't know what that's like unless you put it in your mouth and chewed on it, and it's hard to describe if, unless you've done it. That sounds kind of gross, but I don't know. I've never done it, <laughs> never experienced escargot. So, I think the Bible is is also a lot like that. Like, there's a lot of stories in the Bible um, that are obviously we can't experience them. We have to use our imagination, but they're they're kind of hard to describe. Um, Unless you you sit there and and Experience it so I like one of those Examples is like when David kills Goliath like we read About it and you can see the words On paper but You have to be able to put yourself in in David's shoes to experience it and know You know and and in the whole Environment there uh, The battlefield that's been going on and and then Here comes scrawny little David to bring lunch to His brothers and next thing you know He runs out on the battlefield and chops off Goliath's head like how cool would that be to experience that like that's such an amazing story in the Bible or like Joshua in in Jericho when they march around seven times and then the trumpets blow and the walls come tumbling down how to experience that to be there for that moment would be like you you probably you can't the Bible doesn't do it justice like you you have to be there and experience it or like Jesus you know feeding the 5,000 like that's an incredible miracle and, and we really don't can't fully wrap our heads around it unless you could actually experience it and be there and see the the loaves and see them feeding all the people uh, or or Moses like i think of Moses when he goes up to the mountain to get the 10 commandments and he comes down and the israelites as you're going to say were being jackwagons and <laughs> and built the golden calf and and are you know idols and all this and Moses is like i've only been gone 40 days like i got these tablets and he's like yeah. So mad, he throws them on the ground, and they shot her, and then he's probably like, oh, oh shoot. Now i got to go back up and get more. Like, to, to be there and experience that and see Moses in that moment, it would be—it'd just be so cool. What, what, what about, like, the Last Supper? Like, imagine the conversation around the table that's going on at the Last Supper. Like, to be there and experience that, you, you, you have, like, you can read it, but you, you have to put yourself there to really know what's going on and, and feel that moment. Or, or the, the Holy Spirit in the upper room, uh, when, when the Holy Spirit comes, and the fire on top of that. I mean, that'd be cool just to see f- people's heads on fire. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it be kind of fun. So, uh, and I'm in, I'm in tech, so I, I kind of let my imagination go crazy. I, I In heaven, I feel like God's going to have like a 3D virtual reality machine that we can get in and like go experience these moments and live them. I don't know. It'd probably be something cooler than that, but that's just like where my mind goes. So uh, pivoting real quick to the story in my life about how I got to Emerge uh, for the first time. I, I, when I started attending this church with my wife, we went to the Balboa campus, and that campus is a little bit bigger. Um, it's a little easier to blend in, a little easier to go unnoticed. So the first year I, the Emerge happened, when we were there, I didn't go. I was like, that doesn't sound like that's for me, sounds, Like, I don't know what it is, but it sounds a little crazy. Not sure what all this stuff's about. But I I didn't go. I, I skipped it. I didn't go. I didn't want to go. Wasn't interested. Wasn't for me. The next year, though, when we started at West Hills, I was... I had already booked tickets to a college reunion in Seattle and I booked these tickets like six months in advance and then I found out Emerge was the same weekend that I had these tickets and I was like well that's convenient for me I have my easy excuse, my easy out and I was convinced I was not going to go because I had my buddies were getting together and I I already had these plane tickets and I already paid for them and it's already set and as it got closer and closer to Emerge I kept thinking and, and having this feeling of I, I need to go experience a merge. I need, to, I, need to, I need to be there. I just felt like I needed to be there. Come to find out, you know, I had a lot of people praying for me to get me there and that prob- that feeling I got was probably you know, cert- most certainly coming from God and the Holy Spirit telling me, hey, just, you need to go. Just go. So I ended up canceling my tickets, went to the merge and for the first time and it was a radical experience. I mean, One of the things about experiences is, like stories in the Bible, they're really hard to describe unless you go through them and you you experience them. I can tell you the first time at Emerge when uh, worship was going on, and you got 2,000 guys in a tent worshiping God, and you can just feel, it's palpable, the, the Holy Spirit's presence. In fact, uh, the dust that's in the air that's thick and hanging, and it's, it's almost like a physical representation of the Holy Spirit in the room, in the tent. And it's all dusty, because it's all 2,000 guys are walking in and out, and you know, you get dirt boogers. That's not the, the Holy Spirit, though. Don't, don't worry about it. It's, it's hard to breathe in there sometimes. So... The point is, though, I can describe that to you and tell you what it's like. But until you're there and you experience it yourself, it, it's, it's like nothing else. You can't. Words don't do it justice. I, I can describe to you the rite of passage, uh, what it was like last year for, for my son, Hank, to go through the rite of passage and, and to army crawl underneath the, the wires and just be completely physically exhausted as he go, as it goes goes through this but and yet have two thousand guys standing there cheering him on and for him to get to the end and jump into that pool that's just a dirt cesspool but it was so cool. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw pictures of that, but it was it was pretty nasty. But for him to swim across that pool fully clothed and come out the other side, and I just give him a big old hug as he, as he comes out, and I was so proud of him. I, I mean, I could describe that to you, but until you really experience it yourself, you don't know what it's like. I mean, I, I can describe to you what it's like to be on the battlefield with your team, and we're out on, on the day that we have field games, and we're we're just battling our hearts out and and the camaraderie that gets created and through that process. And it's such an incredible feeling. I I really can't describe it to you. You have to experience it yourself. I can describe to you, you know, the baptisms that occur in in the, the four by six water troughs that are probably negative 15 degrees and people baptize our men right there and it's such a cool experience because they want it so bad that they're willing to get in that 15 degree water and and just get dunked fully immersed and come up i can, I can describe that to you but, but you, you gotta experience it to really know what it's like and and the verse i want to share with you today is um, it's John 6, 67 through 69. And it's a time when uh, some of Jesus' followers are are leaving. And it says, you do not want to leave. Jesus is talking here. He says, you do not want to leave, do you? Jesus asked the 12. And Simon Peter answered him. He said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. And I just love what Simon Peter says, there, that we have come to believe and to know. They've experienced Jesus. They know who he is. They've, they've watched his miracles. They've lived their life with him. They've experienced him. So they, they know. And Simon Peter, he's almost baffled here. He's like, where, where should we go? Like, he's confused by the question. Like, what, what do you mean? I, we know who you are. We know you're the, the one, the Holy One of God. And he, and I just, this is one of those ones, I'd love to be there to see his emotion on this face in that, in that moment, in that, that experience that he's going through right there. And in closing, I just want to, I want to encourage you to experience, to, to take, not just experience Emerge for, for you men out there, but to experience Jesus, to to experience transformation, to Take that step. You can hear about it. You can read about it in the Bible, but until you experience it, until you live it, you won't really know what it's like. And I want to thank you guys um, for letting me share today. I'm going to go ahead and welcome up our next speaker, Carlos Smith.
2: Thank you, church. Thank you. Uh, first of all, of course, I want to thank Pastor Michael and Lisa for and giving me the honor and the privilege to speak up here. It's an honor, and I take it very seriously. I'll take it lightly. And I want to honor my beautiful wife, Carla. She's an amazing wife. She's my rock. She holds, she's held me down. She's the reason why I'm up here, because she continued to prophesy over me and pray for me. She's a great mother and soon-to-be grandmother. Love you. I'm going to pray real quick before I can. Heavenly Father God, I thank you, Lord Jesus, Lord, for this day, Lord Father God. Thank you, Lord. Use this broken vessel, Father God. Lord Father God, I pray that I decrease and you increase, Holy Spirit. Let your words fall on the hearts and minds of, of your people, Lord Father God. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, I'm going to start this off with uh, uh, Luke 15:11. It's the story of the, of the lost son. I'm going to go ahead and read it real quick. Um, then he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of my goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood, and not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted the, his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to be a citizen of that country. Don't forget, a, don't forget your citizenship is in heaven, remember that. On, so and um, he, he, uh, he went into the fields and fed swine and he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he got, came to his senses. How many of, He said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will rise, go to my father. And I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. You are worthy, remember. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father that he was still a great way off. His father saw him had compassion, and ran and fell and kissed him and hugged him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe, put put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, sandals on his feet, and bring the fatted calf, and let's have a a barbecue, a carnasala, taquero, mariachis. Bring in everybody. Let's go, horchata, piñata. Have a party, Super Bowl party, huh? I don't know. If Dr. Dre will be there. But I don't know. <laughs> and then uh, his older son was in the field, and as he came, he drew near to the house, and he heard all the partying going on, dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked, "What's going on?" And the father said. Your brother's here. He didn't rebuke his older son. He said, Your brother's here. Go get a taco. Yeah. Relax. Let's be merry. He was lost. Now he's found. Ch- chill. <laughs> Sit down. I'm paraphrasing, so I'm just kind of. <laughs> That's what I feel he would have said. He said, Your son is lo- your son. He said, Son, you're always with me, and all I have is yours. It was right that you should make merry and be glad. I want to unpack this a little bit because, um, you know, we've all heard this story before, but what what I noticed is that the father never left the house to go look for his son. He never left. He was waiting for his son. He was the one waiting for him. He he waited anxiously for him, but he never left his home to go look for him because he was waiting for his other son to have the heart of his father to go get him, the other brother. So, and I think this is the greatest thing, like, this is, this is what the, the Great Commission is. It's that one person, is, and I call this message the power of one. Yeah, cool. Because it's, it's all about that one person that makes the decision to have a burden on somebody's, wow. burden on their heart for somebody. See, I, I didn't grow up in East County. I grew up in South Bay National City. And, and when I was 15, <laughs> when I was 15, I was a lost kid. I was always in the street getting in trouble, hanging around with people I shouldn't be hanging around with, getting the things I shouldn't be getting at. You know, I didn't my father wasn't around. I didn't live with my mom. I lived with grandparents. I hopped from house to house, home to home. I didn't have a bed. I just slept on the couch, you know, wherever I could with my family. And and let's just say I was either going on the path to jail or or end up dead or somewhere, you know. But all it took was one person to have a burden on their hearts for me for someone like me and that person was my uncle and at the age of 15 I got saved. See my uncle didn't preach at me, he didn't tell me all all that he knew about God, he didn't he didn't drill me and say I was going to hell or anything like that. He just showed that he cared. And he listened to me. Most people want an ear to listen, you know. Um it says in the Bible be uh, slow to speak and quick to listen. Um and he let me see his life. He let me see how he was with his kids, how he was with his wife. And I admired that. And, and I didn't, I wanted to emulate that. And when I started going to church, I didn't know how to be that father or be that husband. So what I did was I looked to the older men in church. And if you're an older man here, the younger guys are looking to you. They're looking to wisdom for, uh, from you guys. And, and you young guys take heart and, and find wise counsel in the older men because they got a lot of wisdom and knowledge. And I feel like now is the time that young men need this because what's going on right now, I mean, you got, you got kids, young kids that, that, are, that are wilding right now. I mean, look, look at the news. If, sometimes you get desensitized by watching the news a lot and you don't care and... and but um, but that's all it took. It was it was one person. Because nobody, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And the very heart of that father and that story of the prodigal son was always for his son to return home. But he's not gonna do it. He has commissioned us to do it. He has commissioned us to to get dirty. Come on. We're going to smell a little bit. Wow. It might smell like smoke. We might s- yeah. get dirty. The, the, Jesus left the 99 to go after the one. Yeah. That one sheep was either stuck in the mud, yeah. stuck on rocks, wow. the brush or something. So you think that shepherd probably scraped his knee. He got dirty. He was in mud, muck. He came with the sheep on the back, bringing him back to the father. Yeah. Yeah. Dirty, but the father will clean you up. Yeah. He'll put a robe on you you put a ring on your finger. You'll be a king. And that's what I experienced at Emerge. It's reminding men that we are kings because he's the king of kings. Little K, little kings. Lord of lords, little L. Okay, don't, don't get too big headed now. You know, And we're supposed to have dominion over our circumstances. And know that. Who God says we are, because the world says we're a bunch of other things, but you know, we gotta listen to the ear of the shepherd. So, in, I'm gonna leave you with this in closing. In Deuteronomy 16 16, it says, Three times a year your man shall appear before the Lord, and at the place he chooses, emerge. Come on. Come on. We don't do it three times a year, we do it once a year as well. <laughs> but when they're there, when they come back home, I feel that they set the standard, they set the culture. They said, they implemented the principles that God downloaded to them as they were away. Yeah, that's so and that's what Emer- That's what I experienced at Emerge. And that's my message. Thank you for hearing me out. I'm gonna introduce Christian, Captain Emerge Man. Hello
1: so
0: So Andre, I don't have to do the, the mic check again. <laughs> you got me this time. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> um Man, when both of you guys talk, I always have to add new stuff to my, to my message. It's so much gold. But uh, first, I want to take a second to honor Pastor Michael and Lisa for uh, pulling the gold out of all of us here, for setting the atmosphere, cultivating such an amazing church. Um, and most of my captains and co-captains are gone, but I still want to take a second to honor them as well. Um, I want to honor my wife and my Pathfinder leads, because if it wasn't for my wife or my Pathfinder leads, I probably wouldn't have this. Jacket jacket on. <laughs> so, um, so. I'm going to recap from last year's Emerged 3x10 really quick. Um, it's life mapping that I learned in Pathfinders, another plug. So uh, it was a shift on 2nd Street where our church is being built. Um, so in 1984, I was born in a trailer park way in Escondido. Uh, it was kind of set up like Emerged. Maybe that's why I'm so drawn to it. Um, <laughs> My parents split when I was four years old. We moved to La Mesa, ended up landing in El Cajon as around 10 years old. Um, I didn't play organized sports. Um, I just pretty much skated and rode my bike and did all that. So um, my mom was addicted to um, a drug called heroin. Um, And just really quick, she she was a believer. She did go to Billy Graham. But I believe if she did have a church like this, uh, the outcome would have been different um, in her life. So, uh, reach out to the recovery program if 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 uh, you, you need to, or if you know somebody. Um, And my dad is still my hero to this day. Again, like he he moved out, but eventually he moved back in. Um, High school is when I started getting into a lot of trouble. Um, Ditching school, going into juvenile hall is probably where I got most of my high school credits and still am a high school dropout, but that doesn't define uh, what God has for me in my future. Um, Thank you. Um, my dad ended up moving back in while I was in high school. Uh, we were on welfare growing up, so we always had to hide anything that a grown man had in our house. If he came to spend a night, hang out with us, we had to hide it because that's what the system wants to do is take the man out of the house. Um, so he moved back in and, and just picked up the remaining of the rent. Um, and then 2003, my mom ended up passing away when I was 18. That's when I started um, my career as a con- in construction. Now I'm a, a general contractor. I had my first daughter when I was five years old. No. Just kidding. <laughs> I said that at the first service. Because um, I look young, so like, you'd probably believe me. But, um, um, and then her mom and I split, so I was a single parent. And then just so happened after that, I ended up in Awakened Church. It was a different name at the time, but still the same people, same name, same culture, and the same gold that they pour into us. Um, So I'm going to talk about some things with Emerge that would have possibly made me feel like I was disqualified in life. Um, The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But... Then Emerge happened, wow. so just track with me. It was, the, I think, one of the first Emerges at Palomar Mountain. It was up by Big Bear. Um, and the thing, like Jesse said, and I actually have it in my notes. I didn't steal that one from you, but it was on our hearts to see 2,000 men with their hands up worshiping. 2,000 men surrendering, wanting more in life. Um, so that's one thing that, 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 uh, that just hit me being at a conference like that. Um, and then I'm going to put up a verse right here. That's going to kind of speak through, um, my message is Proverbs, uh, 1821. It says death and life are in the power of the tongue, the one, and those who love it will eat its fruit. I'm going to talk about the fruit through these emerge seasons. So the first emerge happened shortly after, uh, being a single dad and, and going through a split. And unfortunately, we live in a world that is more common to see that right now. So going in there, I was able to be taught to uh, have uh, speak life or death. I was speaking life into that co-parenting situation to where we never had to see a courthouse or let the government tell us when and when we can't see our, our, our daughter. Um, then the second emerge, uh, being single... I uh, never dated through, through the first, like, five years of, of um, raising my daughter, and then I finally met my beautiful wife, Coral, um, and at that time, I was pretty much a seat filler at church. I would just come in, single dad, leave, uh, not much of an extrovert, but I was an introvert, and she, when she came in, it, it terrified me. <laughs> Because I knew that she was going to she was going to be all in and like want to do the internship. Like I had that vision before she even did that. And then they came up with the internship. So I wouldn't be up here today if it wasn't if it wasn't for her or Emerge or Jesus Christ. Um, then the, the Emerge after that, uh, we had our baby boy. So we have two girls and a boy. And every day, I, I honestly don't feel like I skip a beat by telling him every single day, no matter what time of the day it is, if it's the morning to midday the, or the night, um, who's my big boy? And he says, I am. Or I say, who's my strong boy? And he says, I am. I say, who's my happy boy? He says, I am. And just the words that we speak shape the lives of, uh, of the people around us, especially our kids. Um, and Jesus... Jesus is the great I am. So I always want him to know, even though I haven't explained it to him like that, I want him to know that that's what Jesus calls us. That's what God calls us, the strong, uh, courageous, bold, you know. So I speak those over him. Um, then the next emerge, that's when I married my wife. That's the season where I was going in. So we did everything pretty much completely backwards from what... what uh, the the I don't know the right way to do it I guess, but um, I brought my my wife's wedding ring to emerge and I had it on me the whole time uh, through the through the challenges and everything and I did that because I knew that there was gonna that we were gonna face challenges so I just wanted it to go and, and all the life spoken from each pastor to to be speaking over that ring and I actually had all the men uh, pray over that ring I have a picture of it but I didn't bring it today um, and that trained me up for when we went through a super hard time in our marriage, um, I was able to to speak life in situations that weren't as if they were. Um, my wife and I, she, she ended up uh, moving out for a season. And then when that season was done and, and I was praising during the storm, she was ready to make it work. And then at that time, I was kind of broken and envious that she had found – reconnected with uh, Women's Cherish in in her prayer meetings. So then she forced me to get into prayer again, and that's where I ended up at East Prayer. Um, Let's see. So we are told – yeah, to say the things that aren't if they are. So anyways, the next emerge is when I was in a season of business and um, I brought my, my books and everything to study at Emerge or to just get life spoken into. So I was constantly thinking about that, having a vision of what my business is going to look like, because all this stuff before is the season that we're in is family matters. And all this ties into family. Um, I didn't get a study, but a, a business came out of an Emerge man. And that's our, our campus pastor saying, speak business over your life. And then one of the last things about emerge I'm going to say is I I brought my nephew to emerge, and that was when my my son was like a baby. And I I not only have I brought my oldest nephew, but my my younger nephew, and then two other nephews from um, the other side of the family I've brought there. But this nephew uh, went the first time years ago, and then this last then he skipped a couple. Um, and he was pretty much in the same shoes as I am right now. He's going through, he's a single dad, uh, the mom's not around, and then she, that whole court case is getting brought up. But this last emerge really shifted him and has gotten him plugged into men's prayer. Um, yeah. And the first emerge actually, when we come back, it's like the Super Bowl of, yeah. of our emerge. Yeah. And so when, when you come back, you're going to invite family members. You're going to invite people who probably have never stepped foot in a church ever before, but, they, but you're going to invite them, and they're going to be excited to see, okay, what was this whole Emerge thing about? With him doing that, my sister and my niece, who didn't go to church, have been plugged in ever since then. It's been probably about six years. And now this last Emerge... Um, He started going to men's prayer, so now my sister started going to women's prayer. So it's it's the seeds that we sow are not just for us. It's not just for that person, but it's to to multiply and grow the kingdom of God. And I say all this with humility. I don't say I own a business or I have this great marriage or, you know, I have a super handsome son, if you could put that that picture up. (laughs) But I say that with humility, knowing... Knowing where where who my source is, why I am today where I'm at is because of Jesus Christ. It's because that he has uh, created and in, in put the hearts of the Emerge ministry on this church. So th- things definitely shift when you get there. If you could put the other image up. Those are some notes, the keys to dominion, and through all those notes is what I've tried to live out or tried to remember. And there's so many people around San Diego and people I know who actually have those exact notes when I sent them to them when they were going through a hard time. Um, so those are just some really key points um, to to kind of live by that you that uh, the your world has to first change by your mouth. So the things that you speak could actually shift your life. Um, and the song that, that we sing in, in worship, it, it just hit me when it says, hope, there's hope that calls out courage. There's a hope that emerged that will call out the courage in you. There's, there's men there that are there for a reason. And, and, um, If you're a man here today or if you're believing for someone, I want to do just an emerge altar call. Um, If you know if you know of of a kid that you think that you think he should be there, maybe because his dad's not around, maybe because maybe something tragic happened to where his dad can't be around or there's just a situation that's holding him back. Take a vision right now of that person, um, of that child, because this is the, the next generation that us men, this is our job and our duty to advance the kingdom of God and to raise up this generation and the generation before them to be men and to be, have dominion over their lives. And then also the second part, if you're a man and maybe you didn't have a father in the house or if you had a rough background and there was no shepherd to really guide you and you feel like, you know, this isn't your thing, I'll tell you right now, it is It is for you. It is your It is your calling right now. Um, like I said, I didn't play organized sports, so thinking about Emerge, I had didn't want anything to do with that. I was intimidated. I thought every guy was a football player. Um, and I just worked this whole thing up in my head that it was going to be like I was going to be nothing in, in, but that's, that's not the case. So I just want to pray over those two things for courage, for boldness, um, and to get the youth in there. So, um, if we could all just close our eyes, bow our heads, um, and just, again, don't let finances hold that child back. Don't let finances hold you back from going and don't let fear, or anything in your past determine what God has for your future. So right now we're going to pray over that and seal that. So Father, I thank you right now, Lord God. I thank you for the Emerge ministry, Father God. I thank you that you have called each leader to be there, that they have sown into this, Father, that they have pressed in and prayed that this would be a conference of change, that this would be a conference of multiplication, that it would shift the generations to come, Lord God. I thank you for each child that's going to go there, Lord, that they would get to know you, Father, that they would get to know their Heavenly Father. I thank you that you would pour your Holy Spirit on them, that courage would fall on them, that hope would be restored. In their hearts, that strength would be restored in their minds, Lord God. I thank you that each leader would call that out of them, Father God. And I thank you that you have ordained this time as such a time as that, Lord God. And I thank you for each man, Lord God, that who might be on the fence of going or not, Lord God, I speak faith into them. I speak hope into them right now, Lord God. I speak courage into them right now, Lord God, that they would have a, a vision of dominion over their families, that restoration would come in their marriages that there would be a different tongue of love speaking to their wives, to their atmospheres at work, Lord God. I thank you that there would be a ripple effect through this conference, Lord God. And we give you all the praise, all the glory. We thank you for the breakthrough and the miraculous miracles that are going to come out of it in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Church, go to awakenchurch.com.